A reading from the book of John, chapter 21, verses 19 to 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed onto them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand on his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 14, and verses 22 to 32. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, You that are Israelites, listen to what I have to say. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with deeds of power, wonders, and signs that God did through him among you, as you yourselves know. This man handed over to you according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by hands of those outside the law. But God raised him up, having freed him from death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for he is at my right hand, so that I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, and my tongue rejoiced. Moreover, my flesh will live in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One experience corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Fellow Israelites, I may say to you confidently of our ancestor David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Since he was a prophet, he knew that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would put one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, saying, He was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh experience corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that all of us are witnesses.
Dr. Joy J. Moore is Associate Professor of Biblical Preaching at Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. Regarding the Gospel passage from John in which Jesus enters the locked room of the disciples, she wrote the following. The whole of this is neither about phantom appearance nor even about a doubting disciple. It is how to tell of a world when the divine shows up in disaster. It's how to tell of a world when forgiveness is forever possible. It is how to tell of a world when life is to know the God whose mission is to forgive sins and reconcile communities scattered by oppression. There are many stories to be told, but these stories confirm Jesus' identity as the one who has the divine prerogative to give life and exercise God's rule. Now, I think Dr. Moore is absolutely right in her reading of this gospel text. And it connects perfectly with the reading from Acts, at the end of which Peter asserts that everyone who can hear him preach is a witness to the resurrection. Peter is talking about uh, Psalm 16. He's talking about this tradition uh, in which psalmists would turn to God, uh, often with a complaint about uh, some kind of struggle or trial they're going through. Uh, Psalm 16 uh, is also something Peter starts to draw on to talk about the confidence that people of faith have always had that God will not let us down, no matter what it looks like. No matter how it feels to us in the moment, there is an assurance that in the end, there is life and life abundant, that God will not let us see decay for eternity, that God is on our side. And in the very end of uh, the Acts reading for today, uh, Peter says, we're all witnesses to that. Because God didn't let Jesus stay rotting in a tomb, but brought him up to life. And that is very, very good news. Peter says that we are all witnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. And it's a strange thing for Peter to say, because not everyone around him would have actually seen the risen Christ. The first people to see Christ risen, to see the tomb empty, were women. They came back and told the others, and they were not believed at first. Even so, Jesus, uh, Peter says, we're witnesses. Well, if, if, if the people he's talking to didn't see Christ risen, if they didn't see the empty tomb, the question that I am left with is, well, what did they see? What they saw was people with their hearts set on fire with love. They saw people with their lives transformed by God's love. 
they saw people full of courage, boldly proclaiming that Jesus, though crucified and buried, was alive and well. So the question that I have right now is, can I get a witness? You see, whoever has seen the resurrection power of God flowing through the earth is a witness to Jesus' resurrection. Any time that you've seen somebody with peace that passes all understanding, you were a witness to the resurrection. Any time you saw somebody heal from a sickness that we thought was going to take them out, you were a witness to resurrection. Any time you've seen God make a way for somebody when it seemed like there was going to be no way, you were a witness to resurrection. Can I get a witness? Now, we don't promise no scars. But we all promised hope. And I have found that hope is a wellspring for joy. And that joy is a protest against the evil and the suffering of the world. And I wonder what it must have felt like uh, hearing rumors that Jesus was still alive. When it seemed like all hope was lost. That you'd be next. How much more strange would it be to see the followers of this seemingly defeated Messiah rejoicing, proclaiming the reality of a new life, salvation, where there was failure, victory snatched from the jaws of defeat. That is all that I need to know about God, to know that God is going to see things through in the end. Now I want to leave you with a reading from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even if now for a little while you have had to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold that, though perishable, is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen, amen, amen. I want to thank you for joining with me this Sunday. Uh, this is Nicholas Joyner, pastor to you online. While we are social distancing and keeping each other safe, I want to 
uh, ask you, if you will, wherever you are, whenever you are, uh, to join me in prayer right now. Gracious God, we thank you for the joy of your salvation. God, we thank you uh, that we can be secure in the knowledge that even if for a little while we are going to have trials and tribulations, even if for a little while we are going to have troubles and illness and uh, things coming against us, we know that you are God. God, we thank you that our faith is uh, firmly rooted in your identity. The identity that you have shown us. That you are an everlasting God. That you are a healing God. That you are a God victorious over all the forces of darkness. God, right now I pray that your joy will flood the hearts of your people that we will laugh and sing and dance because you set a table before us in the presence of our enemies and that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. God, I pray all these things knowing that you are who you said you are. And so with a grateful heart, I say I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.